Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, so glad you're here. This is Connie with the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. Today we're going to get back to our trials and suffering theme. I'm going to do a little recap here. Last week we learned about trials and suffering giving us purpose and producing endurance. And our passage there was James 1 verses 1 through 4. We also learned what endurance means. And endurance is being firmly fixed in place, being immovable, and being not subject to change. And we talked about that being important because our emotions are constantly going up and down. Our circumstances are constantly changing. Um, The things that we want and the people that we're meeting and all of those things in our life, they're all unstable. We can't count on them. We can't be sure of them. Half the time, what we feel and what we perceive, what we see when we look out around us, is not actually the true reality. We talked about being able to have a faith that is just anchored in truth. We talked about having a space for not knowing things about God. And the peace of not having to explain those things in order to remain um, in our faith and feeling that our faith is true and strong. And so we also learned about trials and suffering being our glory or our influence, our impact. And we also learned that through trials and suffering, we gain our life. And that, of course, is our spiritual life. We talked about um, trials and suffering being our opportunities. And today, we're going to talk about our uh, trials and suffering being a cause for us to rejoice. And the passage of scripture that I'm going to be reading from today is um, a verse in Peter, just one little verse, and it's 1 Peter 1, 6, and it says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Okay, so the verse just automatically starts off saying, in this you greatly rejoice. So we're seeing this message of rejoicing through suffering and trials at the very beginning of the verse. I find that interesting because it could have been put towards the end of the verse. It could have been um, kind of watered down a little bit, like, you know, covered up a little bit, like saying something like, you know, you may suffer for a little while, but 
in those things, try and find peace or try and find a reason for rejoicing or um, know that God is good. But it just right up there at the front of the scripture says, in this you greatly rejoice. And in this is what is it referring to? It's referring to being distressed by various trials. And I think it's interesting that distressed by various trials includes the entire spectrum of suffering that we can go through um, from something very small and irritating to something very large and um, earth shattering. And it's saying greatly rejoice, even though, okay, so even though, so it's understanding, scripture is understanding and is portraying to us that it understands that this is not naturally what we want to do. But if we go back to the principles that we've already learned, trials and suffering give purpose, they produce endurance, there are glory, through them we gain life and there are opportunity, then if we're building upon those things and we're building upon um, having a firm faith that's fixed and rooted and immovable and it's based in truth, then we are able to see the purpose of rejoicing in trials because if we're able to understand that trials are for our good and that anything that happens to you in your life is being allowed by or caused by God. And we learn all through scripture and stories like Job or in um, Joseph or in uh, King David who was, you know, anointed and had this big long waiting period when in between his anointing and his actual being seated on the throne. And in that period of time, for a great number of years, Saul hunted him. And Joseph was betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery and imprisoned and treated very terribly by people that should have been those that stood up for him. And then we see Job, a righteous, righteous man that truly loved God. And God was the one that orchestrated the great suffering and trial in Job's life. But what we see in all of these situations very, very clearly is we see a tremendous amount of pressure being placed on a person, a pressure that they could not bear, but they bared it because of their immovable, firm, fixed faith in Jesus Christ. And we see that God orchestrated these trials or he allowed these trials and ultimately these people that went through these trials turned out to be the best version of themselves. They had the greatest understanding of God and they went through these times of great pressure and great adversity and great opposition and those were not times that destroyed them. They were times that actually brought them to life in the spirit and the knowledge of truth. And so if we can see, begin to see, that there really is no reason to be afraid of anything that happens in our life, because all that we have is given to us by God, and God is faithful, and God is good, and God is just, and if God works all things together for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, then we can rest assured that there is no trouble, no adversity, no problem, no pain, no sickness, no loss, no form of uh, decrepitness or mental illness or strife that we can go through where we are 
separate from the Father, alone, abandoned, without hope, without recourse, and without the knowledge of knowing that if we remain faithful, this will be used for our good. Those are promises. Those are not, maybe it will happen, maybe it might, God will, you know, He just what kind of mood is he in today? No. The reason we rejoice in suffering is because we as believers know that trials are a part of this life. They are necessary. We need them in our life. We need the testing of our faith because that produces godly character. And that is what this life is about. It is about being conformed to the image of God so that we can serve God in his purposes. It is not about how much we can accumulate and how good we can feel. The Christian life is about changing us. And we are in a sin-ridden world just like everyone else is. And we are paying the consequences of sin like everyone else is. We're not exempt from that. And because we're followers of Jesus, we may in fact suffer more. But our hope is not in the fact that we will either not suffer, that it won't be as bad, or that we will get something out of it. Our hope is, is that there is nothing, no good or bad, that can separate us from the Father, and there is no good nor bad in our life that he cannot mold and use to make us into who he designed us to be. And that's where we often fall short. We either get lazy and complacent in our walk with Jesus, or we give up when it gets too hard and we just decide he really wasn't He isn't really worth it. I don't want to do this if I have to suffer. That's a mistake. If there's just one thing that I could give to anyone out there that is listening to this or has ever heard anything that I've said, it's that following Jesus is the best thing you can ever do in your life. And if you are not wholeheartedly following him, then I'm sorry, friend, but you don't know what it is to follow him. If you are not doing it, you can't tell me it's not worth doing. Because it is. He is the most worthy. He is the most amazing. He is the most, there's just not words that are adequate to speak about how precious and worthwhile it is to follow Jesus with your whole heart. And when you do, you find a reason to rejoice in the storm because you see it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but it's this constant battle and push and pull against what you're feeling and what you see and choosing to remain in the truth. And it it really is that moment by moment grace being given to overcome. It's not grace for the hour. You've heard that said. It's not grace for the month. It's grace for the moment. That brings me back to when oh when eden our daughter our surviving twin when she was about oh i don't know one and a half she got a terrible viral infection and we ended up in a in the hospital overnight thinking that it was leukemia and i'm still not convinced to this day that it wasn't leukemia what i am convinced of is that powerful prayer warriors gathered around for my family and they pleaded with the Lord to heal Eden and he did and I think that there's a good possibility it could have been leukemia but he healed her regardless what I do know is I do know that 
I was laying there on that very cold couch at 2.30 in the morning after spending hours upon hours in the emergency room, not able to have any support because of COVID. And we had gotten transferred to the hospital where my son had actually died, a place I had vowed never to go again. I had gone to another emergency room to bypass going to that hospital. And we were sent back there. I had just a huge mental moment of panic and terror and breakdown. And I remember when we finally got through the ambulance ride and we were in our room. Eden, of course, was hysterical after the day she'd had. She'd had terrible procedures done, spinal taps and IVs and catheters. Poor, poor baby. And so she was not going to sleep in her crib, and the room was tiny. I could hardly move around in it, and I was on this very hard couch. And I remember crying out to Jesus in my heart, Lord, I can't do this. I cannot do this. What am I going to do if this is the next six, eight months of my life on this hematology and oncology unit here? There, there just, my mind wasn't going anywhere because there was, there was spiraling. It couldn't focus. It couldn't stop. It couldn't. And I remember feeling in the pit of my soul, which my soul, even at that point, was in great distress. Has, have you ever been in a place where it's not just you're mentally in pain, but your heart and your soul are aching? And there's like nothing you wish more than God would just take you home. And I'm not talking about suicide. I'm just meaning that you disappear. Like, you just can't. Well, that's where I was. And it was in the pit of my soul that I felt the Lord speak to me. And he said, you don't have to think about six months down the road. Right now on this hard couch, just as you hold your daughter Eden and you comfort her, I am holding you, and I will comfort you, and you are going to make it through this night because every time you feel like you can't, you call on me, and I will provide the provision you need to get to the next moment when you feel like you can't. Friend, I have seldom experienced a feeling of all-encompassing love on a very intimate level from God, I'm sitting here with tears and I don't often cry or tear up when I'm speaking. It's just not something I do. I can, that's like the only time I can manage my emotions. But the all-encompassing love that I felt from God in that couch holding me, not relieving me from my pain, not taking me out of it, not telling me everything was going to be okay, but that absolute assurance that I was not alone and that I could do this. Because every time that I felt like I couldn't and I called out, he was going to give the next little bit of grace, the next little bit of faith, the next little bit of provision. And he did. And we danced like that all night long. And it was a terrible, painful dance, but it was beautiful because that night I knew and I felt and I saw the Lord hold me. 
I knew Jesus very personally that night, and I got through that night. And we ended up staying in the hospital for around three days, and ultimately we got to go home. And about a month later, her numbers started doing what they should have they should be doing and going back up and her white blood cell count and all those things that made them think leukemia in the first place. If I had not been sent back to that place that I swore I'd never go, if I was not faced with yet another trial, I would have missed the intimacy with Jesus. I would have missed him speaking to me. I would have missed knowing that he holds me. That friend is a reason to rejoice and that is what we get in trials when we give in to God's purposes while we suffer. Don't lay down and make excuses for why you can't and why God isn't worth it. You use your trials and your suffering to propel you forward in your relationship with Jesus because there is nothing and there is no one that can take you from his hand. And if you don't know Jesus, this hope is not available to you. This is foreign. But if you decide that you want this God to be your Savior, then you message me or you find someone that you can talk to and that will pray with you because this hope is available to anyone who believes and who asks. So this week, whatever you face, no matter how small, no matter how big, it doesn't have to be a catastrophic challenge or crisis for God to move in your heart. No. I've just been feeling crummy being pregnant this week. Terrible morning sickness and tiredness and not sleeping well. And then on top of that, Eden's in the terrible twos. It's just been a hard week. Is it life-shattering and everything's, you know, on my world is crashing down? No, it's not. But you know what I've struggled with is being impatient, irritable, ungrateful. That's a trial. That's suffering. That's that's the the... the ins and outs of the normal mundane life that's just hard. And God has met me there. And he has spoke to me and given me peace and clarity and given me verses and encouragement. And he's held me accountable. I've confessed a lot this week. And it's not necessarily been thoughts of action so much as it has in my heart. But God uses these small trials as well to show you that through the normal, mundane issues and stretches and problems of life, He's there too. He's there to sharpen you. He's there to hold you. He's there to comfort you. We have mice on our house right now and trying to catch, well, put traps for mice and having an, an infant, well, not an infant, but a toddler around is frustrating and you really are limited and I'm allergic, like deathly allergic to cats. And so I have felt stressed simply because we have mice running around and they're so bold that they'll just come right out and sit in front of me. I took a picture of one the other day and it's just like the stress of little things and being, having your hormones off balance. It's just like, who's ever cried because they can't catch a mouse? Well, I felt really stressed about just little things like that. And the Lord has just been there and ministered to me and held me accountable through those things. 
And so I know that it doesn't matter if it's big or if it's small. Jesus wants to be a part of it all. Look at that rhyme. Rhymes are really good. So go in to whatever you're facing with Jesus and stop laying down and giving up because you don't have to. Your hope is in Jesus Christ. And he has made some very big promises to us about what good will come of the trials and suffering that we have in this life. I want you to be encouraged, and I want you back here ASAP at the next episode. Like, share, and send me a comment. I don't get many comments, and um, I enjoy them. It is so good for my soul to see what the Lord is doing through this podcast, and just to get encouragement. Also, subscribe to this uh, podcast on whatever platform you listen to. There's a little subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. I know that. That's where I listen. And spread the word about this podcast. Find me on social media at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. Drop me an instant message on Instagram if you need to connect or if you have questions about faith or if there's a way that I can pray for you. And then you can head over to the website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings for my contact info and updates in a blog that I write very rarely. Thanks, friends. I'll see you next time.